Thanks for tuning in to Hungry Gen Audio Podcast. It would mean the world to us if you could help us spread the gospel message of Jesus by subscribing to, sharing, and leaving a review on this podcast. We are believing to see thousands saved locally and millions globally. Thanks and enjoy this week's message. Man, don't care what you're going through. Storms don't last. If you put God first. And man, I learned, I learned to put God first no matter what happens in my life. Because I've learned that I know the tricks and the deceptions and the wiles and the schemes of the enemy. And man, the enemy will give you something temporary, but God will give you something that will last you a lifetime. Understand? So I, I just want to talk to you today. I just want to get in, I just want to get into the message of saying to talk to you today and just share with you in the name of Jesus, right? Amen. I want to share with you. See, my calling in, in B.C., before Christ, my calling before Christ, B.C., before the cross, amen? Before the cross, my calling came from the second heaven, from devil worshiping. At seven, seven, at seven years old, seven and a half years old, I was standing in the schoolyard with a, with a friend of mine who was really a bully. His name was Kike, a bully. This guy would be, he wanted, he wanted to beat up on people and do all kinds of stuff. So I was standing there and as a necklace from the sky, the seven powers of darkness fell from the sky. It's called a set de potencia. It fell from the sky, fell on the ground. I grabbed the necklace, I put it in my pocket and I heard a voice say, John, come home. And, and it was impossible for me to hear that voice because I was about a mile away from my house. And it sounded just like my mother. So I put the necklace in my pocket and I ran off. I just ran off, to, I ran off, I told my friend, my mother's calling me, I don't want to get in trouble, I got to go. I put the necklace in my pocket, the necklace has seven colors. See, the devil copies everything, number seven is the number of perfection of Jesus Christ, we know that, amen? Number of grace is God's number, it's not Jeremiah, it's not Ochun, Ochun is a marine spirit that operates with the number five. So, so the devil has nothing new and original, he, all he has is bootlegs and copycats. Yeah. Amen. So at that time, I just ran home. I took the necklace. I put it in my pocket. I got to my house. I put the necklace on my neck. So I wasn't recruited. This is a, this is a, the reason I said I wasn't recruited from witches. I, I was recruited from the second heaven. The powers of the principalities are in the second heaven, first heaven, the third heaven. You heard Paul say, Paul, what Paul said in the third heaven? He said, he said, I went to the third heaven. The third heaven was where Jesus Christ is at. That means every devil, every witch, every demonic stronghold, every witchcraft, if it's under your feet, because we fight from the third heaven. We don't fight from the earthly ground. Learn that. We fight from the third heaven. We don't fight the devil from the ground. We find him from the third heaven. Understand? So the necklace fell from there. I put it in my pocket. I ran home. I heard my mother. I said, my mom, you call me? She said, I didn't call you. I put the necklace on. Weeks later, I hate, I, weeks later, at age of eight years old, weeks later, my mom, my mom innocently took me, myself, her, and my aunt. My aunt was a high-ranked devil worshiper witch, which she still is, by the way. And uh, she's 80 years old. She got cancer. She still don't want to turn to Jesus. 80 years old, lung cancer. They removed one of her lungs and still don't want to turn to Jesus. So, so, so I, she, my mom took my mom. I went with my mom. I was holding my mom's hand. Went to the to the witch at eight years old. The witch fixed her eyes on me and said, "I want to give him a reading." My mom said, "I didn't come for my son to get a reading. I came from from my aunt came for the reading." For don't listen. I don't understand how people go to witches. The witch listen to projects. She got black and white TV. <laughs> She's making all these promises about your future 
and hers is jacked up. And then you pay the witch 50 bucks to read your cards because she knows your future. And she's eating grilled cheese every day because she's on government cheese. But you believe what she has to say. So my mom took me to the witch. The witch put her eyes on me. He said, I need to talk about that little boy. He has a future in the devil of, of darkness. He has a future as a devil worshiper. They don't call it devil worshiper. They call demons protective spirits. Guardian angels. That's what they call the demons. She has a contract with the, with the future of guardian angels and protective spirit. He's going to be big in the kingdom of, 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 of witchcraft. My mom took me in. My mom, the first ceremony at the age of eight years old. My mom's my mom had to sell. My mom sold her living her a bedroom set, $250 to do my first ceremony. And the first ceremony was done, and the witch that did the ceremony was living with another woman. Put those devils on me, baptized me in the, in, in the seven powers of darkness. The necklace fell from the sky, the seven powers and darkness, the five powers, the seven powers of darkness baptized me in it, which is the five powers of Santeria, which is the five demons of principalities in Santeria, which are marine spirit, mountain spirits, and cemetery spirits, and Oyaj, or Chum, I have to tell you the names, it doesn't mean nothing, the name that it means above is Jesus. Amen. So baptize me, dressed in white for seven days. It's a funny thing, you see these witches dressed in white. I'm like, well, you know, holiness come for a friend. That didn't come to close. I don't care what chloride she use. <laughs> Got into the dark side. Lost my childhood. My father was a warlock. My father would send me to the Botanica, which is the witch's place to buy ingredients. And when I used to go, and I came come back with the right ingredient, my father said, you stupid, you moron, you're good enough for nothing. And I would dodge around the cars to try to get the ingredients from my dad. My dad would go into a room, and he would worship the devil. And that room would be so satanic, lit up with darkness. I would creep in from the corner and look inside the room with terror. And my father would control my family with witchcraft, beating my mother up, bringing those curses. I would see demons in my house like I would see you walk around. The demons walk around my apartment. And I was ushering to a world. A satanic world, a world of witchcraft, a, a place, a, a place, uh, it, it, you have more going on in, at the morgue than the place, my, my home. My home was broken. I was fragmented. I was living in a place of broken places. I was living in a place of, 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 of darkness. My mom would get beat up by my dad every weekend. Uh, my dad would beat my mom up every weekend because my dad was never loved. His father never loved them. So all, all it started, all my witchcraft started because my aunt in Puerto Rico, my aunt in Puerto Rico, uh, my grandfather, my, my father's father, he was a, listen to this, he was a lukewarm Christian. That's why you can't be lukewarm. When you're lukewarm Christian, the devil will own real estate life in your life. He was a lukewarm Christian, an alcoholic that would drink all the time and repent later. Drink all the time, repent later. Fornicate all the time and repent later. You can't live a cycle of repeats in your life because eventually the devil will take you out. So my grandfather, the devil took him out. The witch of the town told him, I'm going to kill you. You're going to see your God's never do nothing about me killing you. Sure enough, the witch killed my grandfather. And when the witch killed my grandfather in Puerto Rico, my aunt said, I will give revenge. 
Mars saw her soul to the dark side to try to get ready to kill the witch. And that's how witchcraft came into my family. Through the bloodline of my grandfather was a lukewarm Christian. And my father became a, my father became a warlock. My, my, my aunt became a high-ranked witch. I mean, to the point that, you know, she, we ran region from New York City to Miami, Haiti, from Haiti to Cuba, and back to New York. And all through the age, I was being groomed, and I was being groomed, and I was being trained. But at the age of eight years old, I was already going to demon church. From eight years old, from seven in the evening to uh, five in the morning. I didn't understand, and there was never, in 25 years of my entire life, I never, ever said the name of Jesus. I said, God, God, God could be anything in your life. And, and the witchcraft for when we went to demon church, we would go, we would, we would stand in a circle and we would say to confuse the people so the people can believe that we were serving Jesus. We would say, well, God, we start with God, we finish. With God, we start with God, we finish. And because, you, you know, we, a lot of us grew up Catholic, right? Let's be real. I was Catholic too, right? We all grew up Catholic. Somehow we end up in the Catholic church on Christmas and Easter. Right? So we grew up Catholic, so everything that says God on it, we thought it was Jesus. And man, there's diff it's something to be true. It's, it's very different between God, the word God, and the word Jesus. You can't cast out demons in the word of God. You can cast out demons in the name of Jesus. So don't let the world confuse you. Understand? So in, in grooming, being trained, being, I sat in demon church. And it's called the Mesa Blanca. It's called the white table. I sat there being trained by warlock and witches, trained day and night, day and night, day and night, making contracts with demons in the cemetery, marine spirit, water spirits, making contract with spirits on the second, first round at the age of ages or age of, and then I started to pray. I said, devil, if you kill my dad, because my dad was beating my mom up every weekend. One day I jumped out of bed, Skinny little boy jumped out of bed, tried to stop my dad from beating my mom. He threw me, he threw me against the wall and broke the back of my head. And, and, and the pain and the hurt and to dress up and go to school. There was night that we can, I would go to school and fall asleep in the class because I would stay up. Because we lived in a building that was 60 families, only three families left. And I didn't want the, the gang members to burn the building with me and my brothers inside. So I would stay up all night and look to the window to make sure that I didn't see no smoke. Because if I saw smoke, me and my brother, we, we would sleep with our clothes on in case someone burned the building with a chance to get out the building. And my father had money. My father was a cab driver. He had money, but he was spending the money with women and in witchcraft. And then we, my, me and my brothers, we would take turns and stay up all night so we won't get burned in the building. And we would go downstairs and, and get water. We lived in the fifth floor. We'd go downstairs and get water from the fire hydrant because there was no water in the building. We live in a place of, of, of fra the fragmented places of a life that was full of darkness and demons and witchcraft. And then my mother, my father would come home drunk. He'd put the living room on fire. You know, he'd have my, me and my brothers naked jump over the fire to purify us. So I didn't know who this Jesus was. Who, who would this Jesus be? Who, 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 would, who would trust him? Because Jesus never showed up in my house. When my father and my mother getting beat up, me and my brother would go to bed hungry. When me and my brother would go to school, the word bully is it's not a new thing. It's been around for a long time. So we would get bullied in school, me and my brothers, because we didn't dress nice. We didn't look nice. We, we didn't have the right haircuts. We would go through these torment things and then come home. And then people would say, hey, what'd you get for Christmas? Well, yeah, I got G.I. Joe. And um, where is it? Short to us. Well, I can't show it. My mom don't want us to bring us up. We didn't have nothing. 
There was nothing. It was pain, hurt, fragmented. And then and through that, every weekend, I have to go to witchcraft church, witchcraft church, be trained and be cleansed and purified. And then they started to teach me how to kill animals and, and, and use the animal, drink the animal blood and use the animal. And then when they had no money to have money for animals, you cut yourself and drink your own blood. See, there's power in doxa. There's, there's a power in the doxa. Same way, there's a power in the kingdom of Jesus. They walk parallel to each other. And that doesn't mean that the power of darkness is bigger than the one of Jesus. It means that the church is fragmented and is spiritually anemic. It can't do nothing that the demon church does. And that, here I am saying, I remember when Christians would come up to me and say, Hey, Jesus loves you. I said, Really? Where is he? Show me. Show me this Jesus that you told me he loves me. And meanwhile, I was going to demon church and being trained and making contracts and making deals and selling, my, and selling parts of my soul to, de to, to, to different principalities and, and demons. I had a friend of mine. He was Afro-American. He was, this guy was, you know, he, he, I mean, he was just a, 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 a person that, you know, he grew up, he grew up, I mean, his, his story was all uh, in the projects. He grew up in, uh, he, grew, he grew up in the ghetto. And, uh, you know, I mean, I never seen a white person. And we grew up in the ghetto with Puerto Ricans and blacks. <laughs> that was, you know, when I saw a white person, I said, he got off the ship. I mean, where he come from? Because I grew up in the ghetto ghetto. I grew up in ghetto ghetto. I mean, they was, you know, we, I was surprised. We, the, only, the only time I saw an Asian person, we went to the Chinese joint, get some chicken wings. Uh, it was ghetto ghetto I grew up in. And this person, when he used to get demon possessed, he will speak a perfect Spanish. And when the demon left him, he speak no Spanish at all. That's how demonic the thing was in the demonic world. Cutting, making contracts. I remember as, as I was going up, I was going up the ranks. I kept going up the ranks, kept going up the ranks, moving up the ranks of selling, of selling. See, when you, when you sell your, you see, you don't sell your whole soul in the demonic world. You sell parts of your soul because the part, different demons own owns real estate rights on your soul, on your spirit. So you saw part of your mind. You saw part of your you, put, you saw part of your conscience when you when I was going up from age eight going to demon church, as I was going up, I was selling parts of who I was. And to the point that after my father got shot for a woman that wasn't even his at a bar at a club, and they came, they came over and said, Hey, uh, your father got shot, he got killed. I didn't I didn't I I felt that something was lifted off me because I said the pain in my house was stopped. Mom, I don't, there's no one have to beat my mommy anymore. I was 13 years old. No one have to beat my moms anymore. And it's the sad thing about it that even in the, in, even in my father's funeral, even in my father's funeral, you had about 40 women show up. In the funeral, 40 women show up in the funeral to say their goodbyes. And my mom's sitting there. My mom was so fragmented. My mom was so disjointed for who she was. She didn't have an identity. And they sat there and the old woman came and kissed them in the, in the coffin box. There was one woman, we went to the funeral. I remember the little boy went to the funeral. She threw herself in a hole. They, they, they had to stop and go get her out. Uh, and they, they thought that was my mom. I said, that's not my mom. My mom right here. My mom not that crazy. <laughs> <laughs> throw herself in a hole. I said, well, as a little boy, seeing all these things. And then things got darker and darker because the sad thing about it is that, you know, the thing that you hate the most, you become. And I hated my dad with a passion. I had so much about that. I used to pray that he, the devil kill him. If you kill him, see, the devil will kill something old to replace it with something new. 
See, the, the kingdom of darkness is like this. The kingdom of darkness, you will end up, the devil, when the devil don't need you no more, he'll give you, that's why people in Hollywood dying, and you're like, doctors can't even figure out what they're dying, these kind of sicknesses and stuff like that, they're dying, because the devil will put a disease on you that they don't even have a cure for. So the devil will release a, demon, a demonic demon of infirmity that will kill you. There was a lady that was in witchcraft that she was, she was in love with someone else, and the devil said, we don't like that person no more. Cut that person loose. And, the, and, and, and I remember she said, I can't, but I love the person. I love the person. And the devil came down three times in the meeting. And after the third meeting, the devil said, you don't want to cut it loose? We're going to teach you. She was a high-ranked witch. The devil said, we're going to teach you that you're going to, you're going to, the devil's a spiritual pharaoh. He said, we're going to teach you that you're going to obey. Because the devil would take someone and make an example in the camp to, to put fear in the camp. So the devil took a homeless person, possessed a homeless person. The person got demon possessed. The person took a hammer and hit the person over 17 times over the head and killed that person. And then when she, the, the, the lady, they lost the loved one, the love, her lover, the devil gave her AIDS. She went to the doctor. She took every, every examination for AIDS. She came out clean and she died. And then when her autopsy showed that she had AIDS. So I live under that torment, under that fear. Moving up the ranks, moving up the ranks, moving up the ranks. Animal blood, sacrifices. No Jesus, no church, no pastor, no one saying there's a way out. No tracks, no worship team, no one. Darkness, actual projecting, leaving my body. My whole childhood was stolen. I mean, actual projecting at the early age, leaving my body, talking to demons all night long. Some of you don't even talk to Jesus. Are you mindful of who he is in your life? Or you just talk to him on Sundays. Or, 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 or it, it, you know what? You know who I want to be like? I want to be like the church in China. I pray every day, Lord, make me like them. Fearless. They'd be beat up, tormented, house burned, in prison, and still come out and preach the gospel. Even I, had, I know some pastor's friends went to China to the underground church. You know what the lady told her? No, let me hold your Bible because if they catch us, I'm willing to die. Are you sold out? Are you just playing Christianity? Because I was sold out to the dark side. I know I was going to hell. I didn't care. I'm going to hell, but I'm going first class. That's how crazy I was. I'm not making contrary to the point that the girl that I was introduced to, I said, you have to be a devil worshiper too. We got married on Halloween. And most of you love Halloween. And bet with the devil and then Sunday you come to repent. Repent is it's not a get out of jail free card. Going, being tormented, being tor my sleep tormented, having dreams of demon, sexual dream, demonic dream. I mean, my mind was just, my mind was just saturated with nothing but darkness and witchcraft and, and seon and demons and talking to demons in my sleep, astral projecting, leaving my body, and, and even, even astral projecting during the day so I can curse neighborhood regions at night. Europe. Europe is dark. Europe is dark. I went to Germany and preached in Germany years ago, and people said, we would love, well, you know what they said? The people in Germany, they said, we would love to have Hitler back. Demonic to the court. And God sent this little Bronx boy to, to Germany. Making contract, cutting myself, drinking, making contract, marrying Halloween, sold out, and hated the devil. Hated the devil. Hated him. But I, I was indebted to him. Hated him at times because, you see, 
one thing I wanted to always try, and the reason I said I hated, the, I loved the devil at the time. The reason I hate him because I wanted to strive because the biggest goal in my life was to be a good dad to my daughter, and I missed it. Because the devil said, I need you. You need to go here. I need you to go to the cemetery. I need you to go to the go make contract with marine spirits. And every time I made plans for my daughter, two years old, daddy's going to go pick you up. Daddy's going to take you out. Well, daddy's going to take you to the Bronx Zoo. She waited by the window, and her daddy never showed up. And he said, remind me of my dad. As far as my dad took me, that I have memories. If, I, if you were to tell me, write a book about my dad, it would be a sad book, but it would only be one page. A sad book would be one page. He took me to the car wash. That's all I got about my dad. And, my, and the second page would be he called me stupid and Christmas because he bought gifts for the first time ever. And because I opened my gift a little too early because I was excited, he called me stupid moron. So this is my two-page book. So I was being like my dad, and I was like, I can't be like him. I want to love my daughter. I wanted to be with her. I want to protect her. I want to be there for her. I remember one time, uh, her, her mom called me and said, hey, your daughter's going to Florida. I said, no, she's not. She said, she's going on a car ride to Florida with her auntie and everything. Her, her auntie, she had, uh, her auntie was going to have a baby. I gave him a miscarriage, the witchcraft, because I didn't want my daughter to go, because I understood that the church of Jesus Christ starts in the womb. Demonic, demonic. And the demons came down and said, you're the one that gave her miscarriage to witchcraft. And don't look at me like you're a religious Pharisee because my stuff is under the blood. A bunch of religious Pharisees. And, and, and then doing crazy witchcraft, earning crazy money, $5,000, $10,000, $20,000. See, sometimes we, we criticize people that left Christianity because the devil sucker punched them, right? And they're making all this money, and you're like, whoa, look at them, they're making all this money, they left God. You know, you don't know the, 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 the bait that the devil will put on you. My bait, what the devil put on me, lasts for 25 years because my daddy didn't love me, and the devil said, well, I love you. And Jesus never showed up to my house. I was in the schoolyard, and this pastor was praying for people, and this crazy pastor was praying for people, and I was standing in the schoolyard. Man, skinny little me was standing in the schoolyard, my outdated clothes, and my broken heart, and my broken home, and my fragmented home, and no love of a father. And this pastor jumped on stage, and I felt the Holy Spirit moving in the schoolyard. I didn't know what that was. I just know there was a joy in that place, and I never felt that joy in my house. And it was a love that was wrapped around the schoolyard. The schoolyard was the playground in the ghetto. I mean, buildings missing. Build this missing. Man, we're making a schoolyard. <laughs> and, and, and I'm like, oh my God, they're gonna. I, f I feel the love. I feel something exciting is gonna happen. And the pastor came around. He prayed and he prayed and he prayed and he prayed. When he looked at me and, psh, and he kept praying and passed me by. And I went home broken, saying, Oh, Jesus, Jesus don't love me either. Jesus don't love me. How could they say Jesus is love? As a little boy, how could they say he's love? And he passed me by. And I went to this home crying, broken, my head down. In, the, in my journey, the devil said, I love you, I'll never leave you. I will move you up the rank, I will always protect you. See, because love brings protection. Love brings provision. Even though it's demonic. And it means it's, 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 it's not the real, the real thing. It brings that. And I never had that in my life. And I couldn't give it to my daughter because I know. See, I didn't have a role model. 
I didn't have a role model. I didn't have someone that loved me. How could I love my daughter? If my grandfather couldn't love my father, how my father couldn't love me? It's a generation of curse, by the way. How is it that I could love my daughter as much as I will protect her? I protect my daughter the wrong ways. We're doing witchcraft on people, destroying people. You touch my daughter, I, I, I'll send you to the, I send you to the morgue. Because I knew I loved her, but I was in the pit. In the pit. I mean, moving up the ranks. All I did was go to devil worshiping church. Devil, crazy meeting, warlock meeting, witchcraft meeting, satanic meeting, about cutting and drinking animal blood and contracts and astral projecting and leaving. That's when I hear people say, I'm satanic. I'm a satanic devil worshiper. You dress in black and you got black nails. You don't know what you're talking about. Sit down. <laughs> you don't have a clue. You don't have a clue. I worship the devil. You know, you have, have a seat. Let me hit you with something. <laughs> you wear the cross upside down. Do you got these cuts over here? Do you have these cuts? Do you have the cuts here, cross upside down? Did you drink animal blood? Have you astral projected? Have you gone to demon church from seven in the morning, from seven in the evening to five in the morning? Have you sold your soul piece by piece, piece by piece, to the point that you don't recognize yourself no more? You don't know who you are anymore. All you are is a tool that you get demon possessed for hours on end. The devil enter you, demon enter you, and you talk in different demonic languages. You go to demon church, you astral project, you curse neighborhood, you get married in Halloween, you have a demonic wedding. All you hear is animals scream and cry. You hear the cries of the animal when the devil shows up. And they start cutting them open and people start drinking the blood. Are, are, are you living that kind? Or you just got a black handle upside down and dressed in funny black clothes? And now you're a satanic devil worshiper. If the devil will show up in your house, like he used to show up in my house, then he used to see the devil manifestations of human form in my house. The devil, you will pee in your pants. You'll run to church. You'll be getting holy water to crucifix. That don't work, by the way. Stuff don't work. Devil's not afraid of holy. Devil not afraid of holy water, and crucifix. That's the movies. And the kingdom of darkness, of pain and despair. There was times that I, there was things I didn't want to do, but I had to do them. I had friends that would kill animals just for the fun of it. They were so demonic, and I would hang out with them. I remember after I got said, "Well, I'll tell you a little bit later." This is crazy. Show you, Holy Spirit is like the American Express card. You don't leave home without it. <laughs> Missing parts, missing my mind. My mom still, then after my mom left my dad, she became a Joe witness. I don't know, I don't know what was worse. <laughs> every year we had to sell the Christmas tree. The Christmas tree in my house was for sale every year. I'm like, what are we selling this year? We get a new one? We your witness. You want a gift? But Joe Whitney, you don't take a gift. Yes, okay, I take it. I said, so you're not your witness. You're taking a gift. I'm going to report you. <laughs> I had a pot in my, I had a, they said, you don't understand. I, I had, I, when I, as I moved up the ranks, I got divorced. At the, I got divorced at the age of 27 years old. Lost everything. Lost my daughter. Lost everything because the devil said, now you work for me full time. I had this pot in my house. It's called the Caldero, the Cardrone. It had the devil's face. It was made in cast iron. It was about 150 pounds. I had all kind of cemetery, animal blood, human blood. I had human skulls in there. I had human bones in there. 
and I had all kind of devil, dirt from different jails because if I wanted to put you in jail, I just have to take the dirt, assign a demon to my assignment, get handcuffed and put your name on it and send you to jail for no reason. That's why you wonder why, why people are in jail. Some people in jail, they're innocent. There was witchcraft done to them. There's people that are, there's, there's, there's the most intelligent minds out in Bobu, in, in, in mental institute, intelligent minds, but they got hit by witchcraft and they lost their mind. Because I was one of those monsters that would do that to people. There was people that got, I did witchcraft and, and, and did other, they did uh, surgeries, hospital surgery, so they can die in the operating room. Evil to the core. So you can't tell me because you're dressed in black and you qualify to be a satanic devil worshiper. To the point, to the point that I saw my daughter to the dark side. I said, when I don't finish, you finish. I passed in the baton to my daughter. I swore into the dark side with marine spirits and water spirit so she can continue when I die. What are you passing on to your kids? What is your legacy will be? What, are your, what would your kid inherit when the time comes? Are you thinking like Abraham? Abraham was rich, but he didn't care about his money. Abraham thought about, I don't have a son. How would I pass my blessing to? How would I pass my inheritance? See, when I die, hell will rejoice. Jesus will be proud. He didn't make a mistake by picking me. You with me? And people, when I die, people will still be talking about me. That crazy Puerto Rican, he rocked it for Jesus. People will be talking about me. Trust me. Because I'm leaving a legacy for my daughter. And then my daughter's going to say, I got, these, I got boxes at home full of documentary, books, everything, TVs. TBN, Daystar, I don't, know, I don't know what else they got on TV, the Kerfo Dollar, all this stuff I've done. When my daughter's gonna sit down and say, let's, let's, let's look what grandpa did. Grandpa rocked it for Jesus and leave that like a David Walkerson, like a Billy Graham. Leave that. I'm not leaving my daughter with poison. I'm not leaving with my daughter with the broken places. I remember, I, remember my, I remember when I first got saved, my ex-wife called me. She was still doing witchcraft. She was, in, she was a witch because we got married in Halloween. I led her into the kingdom of darkness. She called me. She said, well, if you quit church, you get your daughter on weekends. I promise you that. I said, well, you can keep my daughter because I'm not quitting church. Eight months I cried. Eight months I was on the floor praying. Lord, I want my daughter. Could I see my daughter? No car, no money. No, no one to take me anywhere because I had to give everything up. So you have to give everything up for Jesus. You have to put it all into. I had no car, no furniture. All I had was an air mattress, and my brother would lend me his TV. My brother was a Dallas Cowboy fan. I was a Steeler fan. And then when my Steelers would beat up the Cowboys, he'll come. He'll call me up and, and say, "I want my TV back." <laughs> and I, I cried and I said, "Lord, I would like to get my relationship with my daughter." I want my relationship with my daughter. Eight months later, my ex-wife called me and said, I don't know who you serve. I don't know this Jesus guy, but you can take your daughter anytime you want. Amen? Because there's something about trusting. Trusting God. Trusting him. Believing that he can do it at any time. Not your time. Don't put God on your calendar. You're tripping. It, it came to a point that I was so fragmented. God, God was pulling me one way and the devil was pulling me the other. And I was so fragmented, I wanted to commit suicide. I was a happy person. I was not depressed. I knew how to dance all the I didn't, 
I dance merengue, I dance Mexican, I dance Jamaican, I dance Puerto Rican, I dance, I mean, I even, I even dance like the white people dance, you know. So, I dance like the white people, I mean, they hear the, they hear the words, they don't hear the beat. I, I, everything, I could dance to anything you can imagine. I was, I was disco, I was disco Danny in the clubs. I mean, if you didn't know how to dance, you couldn't get a girl, because holding up the wall didn't go get you a girl in the club. Yeah, you had to dance, I would dance everything. I was, I even danced for the commercials. I mean, I was good. I was good, I could dance everything. So I was, I was, living, I was living the Vida Loca, like Ricky Martin, without the gay part. Crazy, I was living my Vida Loca, I was crazy living it up. I mean, I was not depressed, but depression hit me. Because the devil said, I'm not going to let you go. And Jesus said, I want you. And I remember one, one, one winter night, very, very eerie night, they said, we're having a meeting. They called 17 warlocks into the meeting and witches. And the devil came down. And I sat in that meeting. I was so despondent. I was so discouraged. I sat in this meeting because I was obligated to go, but I didn't want to go. Not because of fear. Because there was something that I feel was pulling me. Then I was dating this backsliding girl. This backsliding girl. I only dated her because she was cute. She lived in the neighborhood, so I didn't have to move my car. <laughs> it's the only reason I dated her. So... So she was, every time she told me, all oh, that she told my Jesus, I said, what are you talking about Jesus? You club with me, you drink with me. You hang out with me, drink with me, you sleep with me. So you, how are you going to talk, how are you going to preach about Jesus? Think about it, kids. If you're sleeping around and you're drinking and you're partying and you're cursing, don't talk to people about Jesus. You're a hypocrite. You're a hypocrite. Don't fake it. Be, either be an original or don't be at all. And no one is saying be perfect, but be genuine. I'm not saying, and don't justify your situation, I'm a work in progress. No, you're not. You're not a work in progress. You just don't want to change. You just don't want to change. So you hold on to your cheap excuses, and you be like the other people in the matches. We did this, we did that, and God said, depart from me because I never knew you. There's young people your age right now, they're in hell. So partying, hanging out, drinking, depressed. Went to this warlock meeting. The devil came down. The devil came down the meeting through this medium, the powerful medium. And he looked at me in the monotone. He said, my son. And I said, well, I said you're, supposed to be in the, you're supposed to be back in the monotones. And I said, well, I said, what, my father? He said, could I say something to you? I said, what is it? I said, sure. You know, because you have to dress it. How is it, you, how is it that you have to dress the devil with respect? And people come to church and they don't respect God. So I would have to dress him with, a, with an order of respect because the devil would take you out. I went to, I went to demonic funerals that people die for no reason. So, so, so I said, yes, my father. He said, could I, could I say something to you? I said, sure. He said, you know what God throws out of heaven? Now, listen to the devil talking. Why God throws out of heaven? I said, no, I don't know why he threw it out of heaven. He said, because he was jealous of us. And that thing hit me so hard. So that night, the night was over and, the, and I didn't have a car. And the warlocks and the witches are saying, we're going to, we're going to, it was like, seriously, it was five degrees outside. So cold. Four in the morning. I said, I'm going to walk home. Because it hit me. The whole interaction with him. And, and, and I said, I'm going to walk home. And the demon people are saying, why are you going to walk home? It's like five degrees, ten degrees out there, man. It's cold. You can breathe and smoke coming out of your mouth. It look like you're smoking a cigarette. That's how cold it was. I said, no, no, I got to walk home. It was a 20-minute walk to my house. I put on my hoodie. I put my hands in my hoodie and I walked home. And I was like, 
I was thinking, I was like, why would, why would, if the devil's bigger than Jesus, and then people say these hallelujah people, you know, these hallelujah rollers, all I hear them saying that Jesus, the heaven is beautiful, why would you not keep heaven and throw him out? I was trying to figure that in my mind. Well, then Jesus might be more powerful. But Jesus kicked him out. So I had a meeting with the, with the number one witch to do a car reading. And a car reading means you, when, I'm a witch, when you're a witch doctor, you have to do a reading every six months to see what kind of grade the devil gives you. If he gives you an A, gives you a B, gives you a C. If, 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 you're, on, if you're on C and D with the devil, that means most likely he's going to kill you early. So I would do meeting. I said, why do these, why these hallelujah people say that we are evil and they're good? Why do they say that? And the witch couldn't answer the question. She couldn't answer. She said, well, we, I do witchcraft to protect myself, so I don't need Jesus to protect me. I got the devil and I got witchcraft and I got all kinds of contracts. I know how to protect myself. I don't need this God to protect me. We don't like him anyway. So I kept going through that whole situation, all the situation, all that situation. And then I, went, I, came, I came from a club one night, and I parked my car, and the devil was sitting in the car. The devil said, you love me? I said, of course I love you. Why would you ask me that question? He said, you love me like a father. I said, of course I love you. He said, there's a man on the rooftop. He's, he's going to try to mug you. I want you to sacrifice him to me and give him to me. Cut him in pieces and give him to me. I said, sure enough. I went up the, I went up the elevator. I got to the 12th floor where I lived. My door was number G. Turned this way. The guy was hiding behind the door between the, my floor and the roof. So I went behind the door. He was dressed in army fatigue. This guy was like real tall. Dressed in army fatigue. I was demon possessed. You could see the devil in my eyes. I went to grab him and bring him into my apartment because I was going to stab him in the neck and then juggle the brain, drain his blood and cut his arm and his leg and put it in my pot. And he escaped from me. He ran down those stairs. He looked like a marathon. He just, I couldn't kill him. I was so disappointed. A week later, they invite me to church. See, you got to go to a powerful church. You got to go to a powerful church. These milk and milk, these little, you know, milk and cookie church, they ain't cutting it. All they're going to give you is spiritual diabetes. <laughs> You'll be spiritual diabetic. That's another devil you have to deal with. You know why I tell you that? Because when I went to, the girl invited me to church, I got demon possessed. I grabbed the pastor by the throat and I picked him up like this in the air. There was no rebuking. There was no get behind me saying. There was no loose me now in the name of Jesus. All it was, help me, he's killing me. And the pastor was turning blue. I had him up and said, I came for you. And, you know, all the nice curse words came out of my mouth. And the people came, like 10, 15 men came from the chair, ripped, me, ripped my hands off his face, off his throat. That's, a, that's, that's milk and cookie church. Because I, I, I was in St. Croix. The witch from St. Croix came, the warlock. Guy came up to me and said, I'm the warlock from St. Croix. I came to destroy your meeting. I mean, right in the altar call, I said, how dare you come to my altar call and point the finger in my face? I'm from the Bronx. You don't point finger in the face. <laughs> I'll bite your finger right off. <laughs> he went just like that in my face. I said, dude, that's the wrong thing. I grew up in the project. That's, that's like you, you telling me, let's fight. You know, do this, let's fight. I looked at him. I said, you better get your finger off my face. I'll break your finger. 
And I told him, oh, he said, I'm the warlock. I said, do you have everything? You carry everything? You got all your tools? You got this, all the demonic? You got contracts? You got everything? You bring everything? He was like, you don't speak like a Christian. I said, at this point, I'm not a Christian. This is spiritual warfare. And he said, I got everything. I said, you sure? I'm here for three days. I'm here for three days. Count my finger. One, two, three. I'm here for three days. If you, if you think you're missing any demonic stuff and you left at home, come, come in the third day. He said, no, I got everything. You heard me. He said, you didn't hear me, I told him. He said, what did you say? I said, I got the five-fold ministry. And I'm going to lay this five-fold ministry on you right now. I told him, and I don't want you to think it's not a fair fight. So when I drop you, when I, when I hit you so hard, when I drop you, I don't want you to think that you left something home. You sure? Are you positive? And then the Christian's like this. John, we don't want none of that. Uh, <laughs> pray for me later. Uh, you, okay, John, you... When you, if, if you survive this, this devil-worshipping guy on top of you, he's breathing on you, and then you can pray for me. I said, you, I said, you ready? Are you ready? He said, but you don't talk like a Christian. I said, I told you I'm not a Christian. Now, if you want to get saved, then I'm a Christian. John 3, 16, so God loved the world. He gave his only begotten son, and I'll lead you to the kingdom. But at this point, you came here to kill me. You came here to destroy me. So I'm not a Christian right now. I'm on spiritual warfare mode. So, you, you sure you want some of this? He said, I want some of it. I said like this, seriously. I said, right here, in the name of Jesus. He flipped over. He hit the floor, vomiting, eyes rolled back, twisting like a pretzel. And then all the Christians came. John, pray for him. He's going to die. I said, let him die. I don't care. I, I said, I'm not going to give the children bread. <laughs> I learned that from Jesus. Uh, I prayed for everybody. I, he was like Roomba. He cleaned the whole church. He was like Roomba. He cleaned the whole church for 40 minutes, 45 minutes. He was like Roomba. I mean, he did a good job. And then I prayed for him, and he got saved. And, and listen, I'm showing you that there's power in us. It's power in us. That's why I can't go to Mickey Mouse Church. Because I need you to feed me something that will not only sustain me, but will keep me going forward. And this church, come on, what's your name of your church? Hungry generation from generation to generation. And it will continue to get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. contract you're gonna have to be seated I know we get crazy up in here <laughs> I had a contract of an insurance for $750,000 and I said if I take my life my daughter can get paid at least if I wasn't a good dad I could leave her with something I could leave her with money so I was thinking about how I do the suicide thing so my daughter can take the money because I didn't want to serve Jesus 
I was falling in love with him. I was betwixt two worlds. The world of darkness and the world of light. But I was committed to the dark side because I had allegiance from the, from the age of eight years old when I first got my first ceremony. My, my first ceremony really came from the second heaven, the necklace, with the seven dark powers came. My human physical ceremony swore into the dark side to make it official. It was at age eight. I said, how can I leave these people that have been my family for 25 years? My aunt's gonna be disappointed at me. The, the, the demon church is gonna be disappointed because those people that left and died, and, they, and they said, there was two people that got saved and left. I met them at a banquet. I, it's funny because the, the backsliding girl said, my, my church is having a banquet. Would you come? So I asked the devil, could I go to the banquet? They said, you can go. They're weak Christians. They don't know nothing. They're going to power over you. They're weak. Go eat. Go have a fun time. There's the devil telling me how weak you are. And he was right. Because the church is weak. Weak and more than that. I'm talking to you 20 years ago. The church is more weak than than before. I heard about a pastor. He moved. The devil showed up at his house. He moved three times already. You're going to move me out of my house. You're going to evict me out of my house. You must be crazy. I'm evicting you. I'm going to put my house for sale because you showed up. You must be crazy. I was in uh, I was another island. I forgot the name of the island. And this big Jamaican guy came. He had dreadlocks up to here. He came up to me at the altar. And he came with his girlfriend. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if that's a Jamaican thing. Hold the girlfriend in hellock. I guess he said she's, she's mine. <laughs> I mean, I thought she had a migraine. <laughs> I, I like this. I was like, dude. Is that a new thing? <laughs> I, I can't have, you know, I can't just hold someone like that. I said, and she's not here. Yeah, I, you know, I got her like this. I'm like, I was like, it's abuse. So he looked, he came up to the altar, he looked at me like, and I snap in a little bit. In the altar, I snap. I said, what's up? He looked at me like that for, sure. The altar was packed. He looked at me like that for, what's up? You, you want some of this? I said, you crazy? And he kept looking at me, he had it like this. And he had this dude, muscle bound, you know, big dude, you know, look like a linebacker. You know, I mean, he, you know, I think he was arrested firing. He had a head up to here, and I'm like, he looking at me, and I'm like, well, what's up? Do I, let me ask you a question. Do I owe you any money? You checking me out like that? And, and, and people looking around like, John, what are you doing? I said, you know, you, and he's like looking at me, and I'm like, looking at him? And then I forgot everybody about the other. We're looking at each other, right? And I said, well, tell me what you want. You know I'm from the Bronx, right? And he never, the dude never left the island. He don't know what the Bronx is. And he said, I just want to get saved. I said, oh, okay, brother. Okay. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, you should have said that from the beginning. You want to get saved? I, I end with this. It, it's sad that I went to the banquet. The two devil worshiping people, ex-devil worship was there, ran to the bathroom. They were afraid. They thought I came to take over the banquet. There was 500 Christians in the bank, and it was only me as a devil worshiper. And two of the people that got saved that's supposed to have an encounter with God. You can't have religion or church. You have to have an encounter with God. Ran to the bathroom and told one of the father of the girl that I was Satan's son. And the father said, no, he's a nice guy. You see, there was two schools of thoughts of that. Either he don't know he didn't have spiritual discernment or God blind him so I can get saved. So how is it that you run to the bathroom because you have fear? 
because I showed up to the banquet and then you're trying to expose me when the guy's taking a leak. Think about it. So God said, church couldn't save you. A track couldn't save you. Pastor couldn't preach you because you choked them to death. So I take you to hell. And I'm going to show you that I am God and the devil's not. And I'm going to show you that even though they show up in your house at the age of eight, and you thought I'd left you at the schoolyard. I never forgotten you, John. I'm here now. And he took me to hell. I left my body. And it was, it was, I ended up in a train that was going hellbound, was going so fast to hell. More faster than any speed on the earth. And it was so full of people that the people, you couldn't see their faces, but they knew they were going somewhere they weren't coming back. And then when the train hit hell, it was sound like an explosion, like an atomic bomb hit and opened the doors. And as soon as you step out to hell, you hear, you, you feel this fire tormenting. You hear the wailing. And the first thing you say as a person, which is you lying, because there's no redemption in hell. You go with your sinful nature to hell, by the way. The first thing you say, I don't belong here. Yes, you do. Because you see, Jesus, you see, Jesus don't send no one to hell. There's no one in the Bible Jesus sent no one to hell. Your decisions do. Amen? Your decisions send you to hell. The difference between the homeless guy that lives in the street and the one that lives in the penthouse is the decisions they made. So don't blame Jesus for hell. Okay? Don't blame Jesus for hell. You make the way for yourself. So me going into hell was me making a decision that I didn't want the cross in my life. And Jesus said to me, I never forgot you. I loved you. Even in 1997, when the devil took my eyesight for one year and left me blind, for, and I was registered with the Commission of the Blind, and I was being trained to use a dog to walk me around, God said, I loved you. Did I still give you your eyesight back? And the devil took credit. In my first book, you see the certificate of legal blindness registered with the state of I was legally blind and I was not able to see because I wanted to take a sabbatical from witchcraft and I wanted to just love my daughter and be a real father. And I couldn't see my daughter for one year because I was blind. And then in 2002, I got saved in 1999. The devil sucking punched me and took my eyesight for three and a half months. I was sitting in an apartment in Manhattan, legally blind again. The devil said, you see, I still own you. This Jesus guy can do nothing for you. Blind and back to the commission of the blind, sitting there talking to the counselor about folding money, how to fold a 20 and know it's a 20, how to, fold, how to fold a five, how to use quarters and nickels. And you know you can't see the money, but they show you a technique how to know which one is which. Sitting there as a Christian, blind. Church didn't love me because the church thought I was a double agent. They thought I was like Paul, I was faking it folding money and through the grace of God through the grace of God the doctors would say the doctors that operated on me they were Jewish doctors they did like over seven surgeries and they said to me you'll never see again I said that's your report I said that's okay you're a doctor you're a great doctor you're an awesome doctor but you got limits I said I got one report I will see again that's my report 
They say, you, you have, you're very, you're such an encourager. I said, no, I have faith. It's not encouragement. It's a difference. Blind, broken. You know who drove me to that? You know who drove me back home that night, that, that day they did the surgery? Their own doctor because Christian didn't come pick me up and took me home. The church, I'm not blaming the church. The church is a hospital. So how is it that I go to hell? The devil shows up in hell and the cross of Jesus Christ shows up in hell. The Bible says, the Bible says that if you make your bed in hell, I'm there. Jesus said that if the night, the night I leave, you go after the one. He said, I never forgotten you, John. I loved you before you had a name. In hell, the devil wanted to kill me, to destroy me because I left my body. My body was dead in hell, in the earth. It was dead because I left my body. I ended up in hell. And the devil said, if I can keep you here, you'll die. And they pronounce you dead on the earth realm. And the cross showed up in hell. I mean, I had a shorts and a t-shirt. How about a three-foot cross show up in hell? And the devil came between me and the cross. And the devil went to grab me. He touched the cross. And he touched the cross. He dropped like, like he was nothing, like a piece of paper. And I ran to the portals of hell trying to find a way out. Because you see, when you're in hell, you want to get out. And you want to get out because it's a place of torment, a place, the absence of God, a place that you hear noises that you never hear on the earth. It sounds, and you touch the ground in hell. It's not this, it's not the grass, it's not concrete, it breathes. So when you get there, you're going to remember that I told you here, sitting here today, that hell is a real place. Hell, because you tell Christians today, repent, don't judge me. You know what? People in hell would love to hear the word repent one more time. Walking the portals, and then I, the devil showed up the second time. Big, big horn. I mean, ferocious, an animal. I never seen him like that in a 25 years. Never saw him like that. And he said, I'm going to kill you. I said, I got these marks. I, I got, these are protect me. He said, I gave you that. That's my contract. I own you. He said, The devil, listen to me. As much the devil told me he loved me, he was a liar. Because the devil could never love you because you made the image of God. And all I remember is when he went to grab me again, the cross showed up again. And there's something about the cross. There's something about that. That when, when you touch it, when the devil touched the cross, he fell and dropped him like nothing. And then my body went back into my, my whole spirit went back into my body. I mean, like a lightning bolt. I felt like I was a nice you and people were doing paddles. Like electric paddle to do in your chest. That's how I felt. And, that, and God said, repent. I didn't know what that was. All I said, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for all the years that I sinned against you. For all the damage I did. For all the witchcraft I did. Forgive me for all the people I hurt. Lord, forgive me. If you can use me. If you can use me one day. I, want people, I don't want people to remember me for spiritual warfare. I don't want people to remember me. I write books. God's God hasn't said humor. I had an A in gym and A in lunch. How the heck I'm writing books? I don't know. <laughs> I had D and F. I said, Love, you can use me one day. I said, I want people to, if I die tomorrow, next week, 50 years from now, I want people to remember me for one thing. I said, Lord. He said, What? He said, That I love the church. 
Did I love the people that I wanted to hurt the most? Because, you see, Christians didn't know how to evangelize. Christians always got this theology that I'm better than you, and you're going to hell. That's not Jesus. Jesus has a sense of humor. Jesus loves the misfit. I'm one of them. And I still am. People say, how would you describe your ministry? I said, I'm the donkey that was tied up somewhere. Hee-haw, hee-haw, hee-haw. And Jesus said, get him loose. I didn't have need of him. That is my ministry. I got, I'm in the donkey ministry. But you see, the, the great thing about the donkey, that that donkey was tied up somewhere. He was on, no one knew about him. Right? You, remember, you read that Bible part? Sure. Got it. He was tied up somewhere. No one knew about him. You with me? But when Jesus called him, from a place of nowhere to a place of somewhere. And when you let Jesus ride on your back, he'll write your story. See, I, I, I was tied up somewhere. I was bound for 25 years of devil worshiping. And Jesus said, loose him now. In, the name, in my name, loose him. And when he loosed me, and he bought the donkey, and he sat on his back, he sat on my back. And I, I was just like, yeah, now look at me now. You know, no more animal blood, no more cemetery, no more hurting people. I'm just going to love people for Jesus. I'm just going to bring people to the way of the cross and from the way of the cross to get you to heaven. That is my story. What will be your story? What will be your story? What would you say to any of your story? Who's writing your story? Who holds the pen of your story? Is it Jesus or the devil? Jesus holds the pen, it doesn't run out of ink. It doesn't run out of ink. He just writes and writes, and he takes the junk places and the fragmented places and the hurt places and the places that you thought he forgot you like he did with me. Even in 2000, after he, my eyes had came back in 2002, he told me, you see, John? I went, you know, in 2002, I had two patches in my thing. I couldn't see. They did a four-hour surgery. And then my friend said, you, you got to go home. The doctor said, you got to go home because how your retinas are going to flatten out if you don't lay on the bed. I said, I'm going to go home. I said, stupid. I said, I'm going to church. He said, how are you going to get to church? I said, you? He said, no, no, not me. He said, no, I want no responsibility. I said, you better give me the car because if I can't see, I can still swing. I'll hear something. You can get me in the car. He put me in the car like a toddler. He put the seatbelt on me. I went blind. No hope. Not knowing when my eyesight would come back. I went with two bumblebee patches to worship the king. Because I know to worship him in my places that I'm fragmented, that I hurt. I'm worshiping. I don't have to cross the Red Sea. I don't have to cross the Red Sea and pull out a tambourine. No, no, no. Worship him now. Worship her right there. The place, the place that you hurting. The place that you don't know if you have it tomorrow. Worship her right there. Praise her right there. Don't wait till you cross the Red Sea and say, oh, I pull out the tambourine. No, worship her. He earned. He got to earn your worship. I worship her. People say, you here? I say, I'm here. I can't see you, but I'm here. I'm worshiping. I'm worshiping. And in the spirit round, as blind as I was, I saw more in the spirit round than the people that were there with 2020. So my altar call is simple. Do you know him? Do you know him? Because most of you sit here, you know about him. But you don't know him. Even Job, as righteous that Job was. Job said in chapter 38, when Jesus said, put on your pants, I'm going to address you now. 
Where are you? When I did this and I did this and I did that. And Joe said, the son of repentance, Joe said, I knew of you, but now I know you. Righteous Joe came to a place that he had to say with his mouth, I thought I knew you, but now I do. Do you know him or you just got religion? Religion to get you to hell. Ain't gonna get you to heaven. Remember the man that was saying, the Pharisee said, well, you know, I tie twice a week, I give this, look at this, this joke over here. And the man that was over there, he said, I can't even look up to heaven, Lord, I might have been worthy to look up to you. He beat his chest. And he, Jesus said, who walked away with the reward? Because it's the attitude and the thoughts of your heart that God looks at. That's why I don't, you know, I'm not convinced because you could preach a three-point a three sermons. I'm not convinced by that. But David Wilkerson used to tell me, David Wilkerson mentored me for three years. You know what he used to tell me? I could teach a monkey to preach. Preach is a gift. Preach is not a gift. It's technique. It's, it's a technique. You know what David Wilkerson say? I'm looking for someone that is broken. Because broken brings godly character. You can have all the gifts. You can sing. You can do everything. That don't mean nothing. That don't say nothing. Are you, do you, are you broken? Do you have godly character in your life? Do you have the fear of the law in your life? Are you really saved? Are you just faking it? Are you faking it? Are you playing games? The eternity is everything. Either you live in heaven or you live in hell. Heaven is a real place. Because in, in last year, I told you, I told the people in the first year, I died in uh, March 11, 2008, I died. I went, I preached from somewhere, I came home, I lay down in my sofa, and I said, Lord, when I, get, when I get off this nap, and I was in napping, I know the difference between falling asleep and a bad dream. I had many bad dreams. I, I got a PhD in bad dreams. The devil even tried to come and meet in my dreams and try to kill me. So I, I, I fell asleep, and I said, when I wake up, I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read my Bible and go jogging. I love jogging. That's my thing. That's my therapeutic. I love to run. I love jogging. I, 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 I mean, my, I've been jogging since high school. I love running. So I'm going to run, but I left, my, I, I, remember I, left, I left my body. I saw my body there. I was leaving out to my windows. I had big windows, and I was leaving to the windows. And all I said, I wasn't missing my daughter. I love my daughter. If you mess with my daughter, I'll beat you down. Then I repent later. Mess with my daughter, I'll burn your cat. That's how I love, I love my daughter. Me and my daughter like this. God restored my relationship with my daughter. We like peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. Yeah. I ain't making it up, man. Let me, let me show you something. I'm making it up. I can pay. Let me show you something. I can pay for this. Look at me and my daughter now. I can pay for that. God put this together. God put this together. So my, my thing is to you, simple. Do you know Jesus? If you don't know him, don't leave out of here, man, without knowing him. Don't leave out of here, because you know what? Tomorrow's not guaranteed to nobody. I would raise my hand and say, Lord, I want that Jesus that John, John remember just talking about. If you can change your life, you can change mine. If you if you look one Christian and you're playing games, and then we're, not, we're not here to judge you, we're here to get you right. We don't judge nobody. We don't have rights to judge anybody, but I'm going to get you right with Jesus. So when you get to heaven, you'll thank me later. Amen. I'll see you on Hallelujah Boulevard. I'll be right there hanging out. Me and Paul and Esther will be chilling. Esther killed the first Hitler. Paul rocked it for Jesus. And John Romero is standing right next to them. What an honor. What an honor would that be, huh? I mean, first I got to go see Jesus first. Amen. I got to go see him. Man. I just want to touch him. I want to just touch him. Just touch him and say, God, 
Thank you. Thank you. I didn't have to smell like toast. Do you know Jesus? Raise your hand. I pray for you. Simple. It's not magic. I'm not telling you to sell your soul to the devil. I'm getting you to the kingdom. Do you know Jesus Christ? If you don't know him, raise your hand. I'll pray for you. Do you really know him? Let me ask you a question. If you were to die today, would you make heaven? Ask yourself that. Would you die today, the condition you're in, the way you are, where you are, where you're going, would you make heaven? You better be right. If you're not right, my brother went to bed five years ago. My brother said, a week, a week away from his 45th birthday, my brother said, hey, you know, I'm mama, I'll be there. I'm going to help you because my mom, my brother, he's my second oldest brother, would love run errands for my mom all day long. I mean, he was like connected. He was more connected to my mom than my other brothers. And he closed his eyes and thought he was going to wake up on a Friday to go help my mom food shop and never showed up. Thank God he was a Christian. So I said the same thing about you. You can close your eyes tonight and not make it. I get on the planes all the time. I'm not afraid of no coronavirus. I'm not afraid of no terrorists. You're a terrorist, you get on the plane, I'll beat you down. We'll be singing hallelujah by the time we get down. We'll be singing how great is our God. Because I mean, you, you ain't there taking over my plane. This is Jesus' plane. You know what I can prove is Jesus' plane? Because when the plane do turbulence, right? And the plane, we do turbulence for over five minutes and the plane's shaking. Everybody's a Christian. People start to pray. That's a Christian plane. I don't know how to do this. I don't know what that means. But everybody get religious up in there. I was going to Houston, and they said, we have to fly away because there's a tornado watch. Everybody broke out in tongues. The whole plane was speaking in tongues. I said, look at this guy. Let me go to church. I said, people, chill out. I got to get, I'm like, boy, I got to get to Rome. Nothing going to happen. And if you're Muhammad, you get in there, and I'd be like, Try five-four ministry coming at you. I'll knock Muhammad, I'll knock the Quran off you. When we land, we'll be holding hands. How great is our God. I'm serious, I'm crazy. You pray for me. Do you know Jesus? Okay, last altar call. Like the boy, this is the last call for alcohol, last call for Jesus. Do you know him? All right, my other my other thing. My other altar call would be, what, is, what are you struggling with? What has you bound? Something you started to play with, and now you can't get rid of it. Something you started to play with, and you thought you had control, and now it controls you. See, you see, in the book of Psalms 91, it speaks about the young lion, the four entrapments of the devil. The follow in Psalms 91 is the devil. And it speaks about the four entrapments. Sometimes we play with things that we think we can control, we can put away. But when that, when that thing grows big, now it controls you, you can't get away from it. Because you see, it's like a pit bull. Pit bull is small, you can push it, kick it, put it back in the cage, but that pit bull one day is gonna be 150 pounds. You won't be able to kick it and push it and put it back in the cage. So what is, your, what is, what is the situation that has you by the throat? What is it? That I know you're here today. I'm not making this. I don't need no altar calls. I preach God's heart. And I came here to honor the man of God. The man of God came honor this house. And I believe I did it. What in your heart has you bound? You see, because one thing the devil knows how to play with is besetting sin. You know what's besetting sin? Things that repeat in your life like cycles and patterns. 
that you think that you're free for two months and then you're back in the same situation. You think you let it go and you're back in the same situation. You think that you, the, the situation died or you cut it, you cut it and you, you, you broke away from it and that still comes back and owns legal rights in your life. Because you know what? The situation is a, is a root issue and you're cutting the branches but you're not dealing with the root of the situation. So my altar court is simple. Cut the rope. Cut the rope. I don't care if it's friendship. If you have to get rid of your computer because you're on pornography, and some of you are on pornography right here, right now. Get rid of your computer for a season. Some of you are on Facebook. You get, you get, how about you get, how you get Facebook more time than Jesus? The pastor said, there's things in the world that I don't, I don't even know how to do Facebook. I, I, I put the stuff on all the time wrong because I, you know, I use it as a bulletin board. Pastor's going to teach me some tricks. He knows some stuff. I just, and his stuff was on. I was like, I want to be like him. For the right reason that he's doing it for the right reasons you get more time to snapshot you get more time to your iphone than you give to god so do you know what that tells me that whatever controls you owns you and whatever owns your time that the bible says redeem your time and whatever owns your time is your god so don't tell me jesus your god when you're spending 10 hours doing something and you're only giving god one so come to the altar and let's get rid of those demons and those devils and cut the rope once and for and say, Lord, who the sun set free, I'm free indeed. I'm free indeed. You come, I pray for you. You know your situation, you know your circumstance. I'm not here, I don't have to, there's no exposing. You know what you have to surrender. If you don't surrender, you won't have it in Jesus. You won't have it all. You just have a fragmented Christian life. One thing I share, one thing, let me say some one thing. Come close, come close. I, I got a good dentist. I don't have bad breath. Come close, come close. Listen. Let me say something. Let me say something to you. Come close, listen. One thing I say to you, I don't want to be, the Bible says I want God's best in my life, right? You with me? I want God's best in my life. I don't want to be a surviving Christian that make heaven with the skin in my teeth. I don't want to make heaven skin in my teeth. Are you with me? It's, you know what's going to be amazing when you get to heaven? Listen, I'm, I'll share two minutes and, and we'll pray. You know what's going to be amazing when you get to heaven? They're going to call Esther for her testimony. Jesus is going to say, Esther, come up. And he said, what you did? Esther said, I killed the first Hitler for you, Jesus. With me? But I don't know how people say woman can't be in ministry. You must be, you must be, you must be a retard. I mean, you, you got people like Cameron Kuhlman run circles around how most of these men. Right? They're going to call, they're going to call Peter, crazy Peter. Peter got off the little bus. They're going to ask Peter, Peter, what you did? He said, Lord, I was crucified upside down for the gospel. Pay attention. Pay attention. I was crucified upside down for the gospel. And Peter didn't lie the second time around. He didn't deny Jesus. He said, crucify me upside down because he was transformed. They're going to call the beloved John, the one that slept on Jesus' chest. They're going to say, what you did for the gospel? He's going to say, I was stranded, not in Puerto Rico, in the island of Patmos, and I was born alive. I did that for you, Lord. I did it for you. 
They're going to call Paul. And Paul said, even though I was a murderer, even though I was a Christian killer, Paul going to say, I was beheaded for the gospel. And Paul wasn't chasing positions. You know that, right? But Paul could have been the next high priest. And Paul knew five languages. He was an intellect. And he was going to be the next high priest. And Paul wasn't chasing positions. He was chasing. He wanted the presence of God. And he said, beheaded. Then when they call you up, because you play games and you, and you didn't want to do it right, you didn't want to surrender all. When they call you, oh well, Lord, what you did? Well, I was in the chicken committee, and no one liked my chicken, and I suffer for you, really. And when God said turn, will you see? I'm getting to the point is, you can have a powerful testimony when you get to heaven, one here and one in heaven. So you won't have to be ashamed when you stand next to an Esther or Peter of the saints of old. You say, well, you know what? You rocked it. I rocked it for Jesus too. You know what I mean? Jesus, you smoked it in your time. I smoked it for Jesus too. That's what I'm going to say. I, and then the only, the, only time I, the only time I might get crazy in heaven, then there's no, I don't have to repent, but there's no repentance. Might just maybe WWF on Adam. So you can have a testimony. When people will say to me, oh, you ain't going to mount to nothing. you demon boy. God, God can't use you. You're you no good for nothing. You don't know the Bible. Look, you got tabs in your Bible. That means you don't know how to find the pages of the Bible. You can't find the book. And people laugh. You know, they laugh at me, right? They're like, you, you look at it. See, but God was not done with me. You see, they would laugh. They would joke. They'd make fun at me. Oh, you got baptized. You were the last one got baptized in the pool. Uh, yeah, I got baptized. I was last, but I was embarrassed. I was, I, you know, I, I didn't know Christianity. I didn't know nothing. But I know Jesus loved me. And they would laugh and make jokes. And they would invite me to eat. They would hide from me, so I would go eat with them. I didn't get fellowship. I didn't, go, I didn't get invited to nothing. See, but God had me in the back of the desert, like David. And then when God launched me, I've been on every TV show. Where they at? They're not even serving Jesus today. See, because you have to be committed. You have to, you have to sign a contract with Jesus. Say, I'm doing life with no parole. I'm on death row. When, the only time I quit and the only time I leave when you call me home when you call me home Lord so my prayer is simple right where you are what is it that you have to give up you know MC Hammer went to, to a meeting one time MC Hammer you know MC Hammer you, you can't touch this remember you can't touch this MC Hammer but the devil did it the devil roast him he went to a meeting and he heard Bishop Jake who was a little bishop at the time preach you have to give it all to have it all. And Bishop and NC Hammer sat with like 40 people. He had an entourage. And he missed the message. And the devil came from him and said, You say I can't touch this? Watch. You don't even about you don't even hear nothing about MC Hammer anymore. See, and, and when you play games, when you play games with the, when you play games with God, you got preachers. You got preachers. You got preachers that lose. They call it, and they, and they go home early. And what a disappointment that whatever God put the treasure he put in you, you forfeit the treasure. It's like the saddest thing of a woman is to die with her baby inside. The saddest thing of a woman is to die with your baby inside. The saddest thing of a Christian is to die with your purpose and your destiny inside because you never turn. You never want to go all. So easy prayer. Let's raise our hands up to the Lord. Say, Lord, here I am. Talk to God. Here I am, Lord. 
Lord, here I am. You know my struggles. You know, you know my struggles. You know what I'm going through, Lord. You know what I'm fighting. You know what I'm up against. Lord, I want, I want this thing off me today. I want to be set free today in the name of Jesus. Father, right now, I renounce in the name of Jesus every demonic struggle, besetting sin, every stronghold, every demonic, even generation of curses in my family. I curse it down, down to Adam and Eve in the name of Jesus. I break stronghold. I break every demonic devil that's tormenting your mind. Every devil that's tormenting your mind. I break it off you in the name of Jesus Christ. I command you to leave you now in the name of Jesus Christ. I break satanic powers over you and besetting sin over you. Every pattern, a cycle, a repeat against your life. Break in the name of Jesus. Break it off you in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I smite every demonic devil that's holding my brother and sister bound. I break the shackle. I break the stronghold. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this week's message. If you like what you've heard, you can find more of this great content on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, and even Pinterest. In other words, we would love to connect with you for the latest and greatest info on all conferences and internships. Remember, better is not good enough, the best is yet to come.